Hey, Doc Danny here, and I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. I know there's plenty of other things that you could be consuming or listening to right now, so I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you listen on a regular basis, I really appreciate that as well. Look, the times have uh, changed a little bit. Everyone is trying to scramble to figure out how they can move their clinical skill set online. And this is something that we've done for years. And we've been sharing this with countless practitioners by jumping on calls with them and trying to help them strategize on what they can do and how they can transition their clinical skill set online, which is very, very possible. So if you are in that boat where you're not seeing people in person the way that you were before or not at all, and you're trying to figure out how to utilize digital visits, uh, programming remotely, and figure all that out, let's jump on a call. 45-minute call. It's totally free. Head to physicaltherapybiz.com forward slash call, and we can help game plan how you can move your clinic online as well. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us, who don't want to see 30 patients a day, who don't want to work home health, and have real student loans create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Danny Matei, and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. Here's what we got going, guys. Doc Danny here with the PT Entrepreneur Podcast, and we got one of my favorite people, Missy Albrecht on, Invincible Movement education and healing, which I like that on your website, by the way, I always want to say invisible. I see your website. I'm just like invisible. That's a really good name for a business, but, uh, invincible in Denver, Colorado, I had a chance to go see her space back in February. Actually, we were out there for CSM, um, hosting a little happy hour, getting some snowboarding in. And you took us to like an awesome, uh, restaurant. What was the name of that place? So just be kitchen was first. That was it. Yeah. The one that they had like the tortilla that was yeah. What, what was in that? That was amazing. I don't know the recipe, but that's what I'm picking up in an hour for takeout. Really? Yeah. I'll eat some for you. Yeah. So, so it was like a paleo kind of like gluten-free uh, spot. I feel like you guys must have a lot of those in Denver. Denver seems like a cool town. They were actually the first one. Really? Uh, completely dedicated to that. And they have Whole30 and they're yep. doing community boxes right now with everything going on. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So... Well, I wanted to make sure we got a chance to dig into your entrepreneurial story. I think you have a um, a bit of a roller coaster ride of a uh, of a story, which is which is cool to highlight because I think for a lot of people, uh, oftentimes they they don't think that they can accomplish things, you know. And it helps to hear what other people have actually gone through. And you know, so for you, let's 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 start here at the beginning. So, first of all, what made you want to go to PT school? So I grew up soccer player, ton of injuries, um, actually had really bad headaches in high school, um, probably from hitting the ball, but yeah. I refused to stop playing and physical therapy was the one thing that helped. Um, so it was just a lot of just posture and that kind of stuff. And so when I went away to school, I went to UC Davis um, and did their exercise biology program. Every summer I came home and um, was a PT aide at the same clinic that helped me. Um, so that was kind of my, you know, you, if something helps you so much, you just want to dive, yeah. dive into helping that plus spending a lot of time in the training room and college and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's such a common story. Just, you know, injury leads to 
like, oh, you get paid to do this? You know, kind of fascination. I know that I, I was the exact same way. Almost everybody I talked to is similar to that. Um, so from, from PT school, where'd you go after that? You started working for some other people. And, and at, at what point did you decide, you know what, I want to try to do something on my own? So I was, I think it was 2010. So I was still in PT school. And um, I was, I had a bunch of friends that were in the Air Force out in El Segundo, Air Force Base. And they showed me this ridiculous video of people working out in the dirt. Do you mm. remember the first CrossFit competition ever? Yeah, totally. I don't know where it was, but um, they were like, you the ranch. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, they're like, you got to do this workout. I'm like, no, that looks stupid. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I actually, at the time, had, um, I'd been doing personal training and that kind of stuff. And um, started, I just went and did their, my local CrossFit gym, CrossFit South Bay. I did their um, intro program and I pulled my entire soccer team to go do it with me. Cause I was like, if That's I'm getting right. hurt, you're getting hurt too. <laughs> and um, I loved it. I fell in love with it. Started um, coaching there, doing mobility classes and that kind of thing. Um, and that's where I was in the middle of finals, um, probably 2011. And Kelly Starrett came and did a mobility wad um, cert at our gym. And uh, I was like, I had followed him for a little while and had a little, you know, man crush on him. Of course. And um, I was like, study for finals or go learn from him for right. two days. So I went and learned from him and you and I have talked about how captivating he can be. And we just, he found out I was in PT school and we just geeked out the entire weekend. Yeah. Um, so he changed, I think CrossFit changed, started to change the trajectory of my PT vision for myself, but Kelly definitely solidified, like, I'm not going to do well in a traditional clinic, basically. Right. Well, so. I think that's normal. I, I wonder how many people... I wonder how many bubbles Kelly has burst with, you know, the profession with that, because, and plenty of people that I've talked to, and I know you as well, it's like, yeah, I went to school because I saw this YouTube, you know, mobility wad video. And this guy was a physical therapist and like, cool, I'm going to be like in a, you know, parking lot working with people on their front squat. Right. And it's like, well, yeah. you, you can definitely go to school and get, get your degree, but, um, that's not what most of the profession looks like, right? So if you decide you want to make, you want to go that direction, just realize you're kind of an outlier within the, within the profession. But, you know, you, you bring up, you know, Kelly and, and I do think he is probably the most dynamic presenter that I've ever seen. And super, super charismatic, uh, knowledge level is there, right? But I think he does some things really well. And I'd love to hear what you think about this. Like one thing that I've noticed with him is he seems to do a really, really good job of engaging everybody right? and making you feel like, like you were there just for his course, right? Like it was just you there. Right. And I don't know how he does this so well with everyone, but did you feel like that with the course that you went to that, that he was able to kind of get on everybody's level? Yeah, he, well, I feel like he was half, um, like highlighting the fact that I was in PT school, but also just picking on me and asking, he right. was testing me like, Hey, you're studying this. You should know this. But yeah, you totally, you just leave like he, you're his best friend. And I yeah. think everybody kind of, kind of thinks about that. Plus I was like, he was 
so um, I, I can't say he was new because he was on YouTube already a ton, but he was still relatively low key at the time. And so I felt like I snuck in at a very good time because he was looking for those minions to, yeah. to put under his wing and guide and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, okay. So you meet Yoda and then what happens? So like, where, where does, where does your story go after that? So I do my um, clinical rotations, graduate from PT school. I even did, we had a business class towards the end of PT school that was like, create your own um, clinic, mm. um, do it, make a business plan. And I did the whole like um, office in a CrossFit box and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And at the time I had done, um, there was a owner of a PT clinic that trained at CrossFit South Bay. And um, he got me a job before I took my boards, which was super helpful. Um, but I knew pretty early on that it wasn't, it was a workers comp, um, clinic and it was, it was a big struggle for me to, to deal with that environment, but I was super grateful for it. Just have money, um, and be able to practice my skills and learn from him. But, um, there was a chiropractor who actually worked with the, uh, CrossFit gym and she had a room open and was like, come on in, like start your business. I'll help you through it. And it was so appealing at the time that I said no to my cozy 70,000 a year paycheck yeah. and, um, went and did that very, probably like three months after graduating. Wow. Um, which I don't know what, I, I don't think I was thinking, but I was just like, I like her. She's, I think, I think chiropractors are led more towards the business direction than we are. Sure. So um, I worked there. That first business probably lasted about six months. It was a pretty big fail because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I was taking insurance. I was not getting reimbursed. Um, and I don't think it was any fault to her. It was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and her profession is different than mine. So what I ended up doing, I still had a really great relationship and was coaching CrossFit with that gym. So they let me see patients in the gym. So I finally had like my office. Um, and then I went to work for a place called PhysioWorks, which was just the perfect um, environment for more one-on-one -on -one mentoring as a new grad. So I did that for a couple of years before I moved to Colorado. And then when you got to Colorado, did you go straight into, you know, Invincible or did you end up working somewhere else and then work towards starting your, your practice? In, I mean, cause it's in a completely different area. It's not like you can take those, that base of people with you that you've worked so hard to gain. So you're starting from, you know, scratch. Yeah, it was, um, I swore I would net after the first business failed, I swear I would never do it again. I was just a employee of CrossFit South Bay getting paid that way. And, um, I just wanted to get out of my hometown and I had a friend out here who worked for a CrossFit gym and he was like, come out, you can coach, you can teach mobility. I know a bunch of gym owners. Um, so yeah, the, the first day it was Super Bowl weekend when um, the Broncos played uh, the Seattle Seahawks mm. and um, Invincible started. And nice. so I was teaching mobility and had my treatment table, which is kind of funny with, 
making home visits right now with everything that's going on. It's yeah. been like a flashback of that time. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah, just carrying my treatment table. I worked at probably six different CrossFit gyms when I first moved here. So from bouncing around to these different gyms to you having your, your space now, and we can get into, I think it'd be cool to talk about the space where you're transitioning to. It's a really neat business model, but, um, so how did you end up where you are now and how long have you been there? So I've been at Denver sports recovery for about, uh, four years now. So there was, um, a really big influencer that I met, uh, pretty early on at one of the CrossFit gyms who was just a connector and she was like, Hey, they're looking for a PT. So I started working here in addition to the gym stuff. Mm. Um, and then after a few years, just kind of was going crazy running around to different spots. So right. it was nice to just have a home base and, um, it's been a good spot for sure. Yeah. I think that, I think that model is great to get started where you can sort of spread yourself out and see where it's like, uh, it's, it's a little harder to do now because there's, there's way more competition in, in, um, you know, gym based clinics, but, uh, yeah, I've seen that work where it's like, okay, I tried six, two really work well. I'm narrowing myself down to those two. And then they, they sort of double down their time there. And for you, you're able to find the standalone space, the, the space you're moving to, um, describe that a little bit. Cause I think it's a really interesting kind of health cohort that, uh, it sounds like there, I would, wouldn't be surprised if they start popping up, you know, in other cities, you know, uh, over the next few years. Totally. It's kind of like a Denver sports recovery times 10. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the total. I want to say around 35 services and businesses that are going to be there, but it's basically an old school building. The bottom is childcare, different fitness studios, cafe, bar, event space, shops. And then upstairs is, um, PT, chiropractic, doctors, therapy, organic hair salon. It's kind of the, um, they're calling it a wellness marketplace, nurture. Yeah. How, so I'm, I'm really interested to see how this works out over the next few years, because I mean, if you can find a, like that number of clinicians to collaborate together, like that would be amazing. I also think that that, that number of people, uh, to, check their ego at the building door every time they come in might be challenging as well. So have you, have you um, like yeah. gotten to a point where you've met like quite a few other folks at this point? Yes. So now we are meeting virtually cause it hasn't mm -hmm. opened right. yet, but which is a whole level of bonding cause everybody's just stressed and whatever. Yeah. But it is. I mean, it's a challenge because, and I've kind of talked to you about this, even with Denver sports recovery as someone walks in with back pain, mm -hmm. there's a ton of people that can help you. Right. Um, but there, I mean, it's, it's definitely a growing experience for myself and I think all the practitioners there and everyone just wants to create this collaborative space. Um, so it'll be interesting. What's really cool that they're going to have is, I don't remember what they called it, but a point person. So if someone comes in off the street, doesn't know anyone, they set up an appointment and that person will guide you to the appropriate person or a couple oh, wow. So yeah, I would think you would almost, if you weren't referred directly to somebody, you know, you would, you would almost need that, like really? who you specialize, you know, with, and it, it, what it reminds me of is, uh, in the, in the army, they have what are called troop medical clinics. So you have these like satellite clinics basically that are not, not attached to the main hospital, but they have 
primary care and sports medicine, PT, behavioral health, like nutrition. They have all these um, allied health profession uh, professions within one place that is close proximity to where, you know, a lot of the training areas are. So you have people that trickle through there and that's usually what ends up happening is there's usually somebody like at the help desk and they're, you know, it's usually a GS, like a government employee that's not the most helpful person in the world, you know, and, and it's not like you can also say like, what's wrong with you if it's an embarrassing problem, like maybe these soldiers probably have, you know, there's like primary cares over there and PTs over here. And, uh, and it, it, it usually came down to the provider having to see somebody and be like, dude, you're in the wrong spot. Like you got to go over, over there. So I think that sounds amazing, you know, and just, just like, um, the idea sounds cool. You know, just like, it sounds like a cool place to work if you can get, you know, these uh, collaborative relationships to work together, which, you know, are they doing anything where they have you guys like doing work together to kind of uh, work on sort of like bonding with each other? Yeah, we, they, they're encouraging us to meet virtually and that kind of stuff. We have a call weekly right now to share kind of what we do. Um, they're doing a bunch of online um, collaborative programs where each day, one of the new, they call us members. So they're trying to help reduce the overhead for a business owner, basically. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of collaboration. And especially with this pause right now, it's just how do we connect with people and yeah. trades and that kind of stuff. So, well, so, you know, when, when we chatted, uh, like, when was that? Over a year ago, I guess. Um, you know, it, sound, it seemed like you were almost like a little bit burnt out on business you know, it didn't, it didn't really seem like you were like super excited to kind of move on to the, to the, to the next things that, that you're doing now really. Um, and what, what was the timeline of that? So from the time that you first started your first practice, so like kind of right out of school to when we first had a conversation, how many years had you been kind of trying to figure things out? Uh, so it was probably what, six years, seven yeah. years. Yeah. So Decent amount of time. <laughs> so you seem to have like, you know, just, just seeing where you're at and what you're working on and excitement, especially as we get into some of the digital things that you're working on, you know, mm -hmm. like it seems like you're in such a better place. So where, where's your business now? Like what, what's changed? And, and uh, also like, where do you, where do you want this, you know, brand to go? Yeah. So I have to first really thank PT biz because with everything, with the pandemic going on, had I not joined, had I had this happened without all the preparation and stuff that you guys have given me, I was telling my family the other day, I'd be back doing PRN work in a hospital, yeah. something. Um, so thank you for that. But well, it, what preparation are you talking about? Cause like, this is what's funny is like, we've had so many people reach out to us that are in our masterminds. They were like, thank goodness I did X, Y, and Z. And I think for a lot of them, it's, it's fiscal organization. It's, uh, it's, it's financial organization of what to do with that business revenue, how to allocate it, and then how to make decisions effectively with it. So it, it, is that where, like, are you talking mainly about that or are there other things? It, so it's definitely financially. Um, I think a lot of what I was missing in the beginning, especially when it was just me, was keeping track of mm. patients and following up and having a call log to be able to... Um, you know, half the time I didn't have time to call people back. It was yeah. just text, which you can't um, explain your value through that. And right. so, and plus, I don't think I had a lot of the sales confidence as well, which was huge. 
um, which I've learned a lot through like the side business that I have with doTERRA, but also just with PT biz, how to um, trust that what you're offering is of high value and the people who want it um, are going to take it and there's going to be people that don't and that's fine. Yeah. Um, So it was kind of this, yeah, it was just a huge um, lesson with that, but also, you know, the amount of um, like the increase in my income through joining PT biz has set me up to be able to still pay a front desk person, right? be able to help. Like if I was calling all 500 clients that I've ever worked with, I think I would lose my mind. (laughs) (laughs) To have that help, um, it's just, it feels more like a business basically. Yeah. yeah, well, and it's it's also, you know, it's just interesting to see. Uh, it's it's interesting to watch change in people's um, confidence, their mindsets, uh, and and for you in particular, it's been interesting to watch how much more confident you are with 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 talking about what you do and associating value with that. Versus, I think for a lot of us, like. Uh, we would do it what we do with clients for free if we didn't have to, you know, pay for anything uh, because we like it personally. Right. And then what happens is we start to associate, um, you know, what we do with less value because we personally enjoy it. And it's, it's kind of a slippery slope because what we don't see is just how much other people do value that until we start to be challenged a little bit about like, why are you charging that? Like you should charge this. This is, this is where you need to be if you want to really be able to grow a practice and have other people that you can employ. And, and, and I agree. I think that having those other people as a business owner now, like the burden on us really is maintaining those people. Cause we know that they depend on us as well for, for their, you know, for their income. And uh, then we have to get really creative as business owners, which, you know, the pressure is kind of on at that point, but you know, <clears throat> solving those problems, like that's what we get into this for. It's uh, it's, it's scary, but it's also the most fun part. So for you, you know, you shifted a little bit. So you went from CrossFitters primarily to how you're doing all this like really interesting visceral manipulation, sort of organ health work. So when did that transition occur? So it, um, when I was in PT school, probably the first year, I had a personal success story with visceral manipulation, which is just making sure your organs are moving well along with your spine and your hip and your muscles and that kind of stuff. And so I knew um, once I graduated and kind of fine tuned my skills that I would really dive into that training. And so teaching mobility classes, you know, I made people lay on balls and in their stomach and work on it that way. and people are always like, what the heck are you making us do? Right. I know exactly. I mean, Jill Miller's stuff is like, when I, when, when I went to a breath and blitz course that Jill Miller had with the, they had the gorgeous balls as part of it. And I, when I first laid down on top of one of those suckers and they're super squishy, you know, yep. and I thought I was going to puke. Like yep. I literally was like, what in the hell are you doing to me right now? Like laying on this laying on this mat while Jill is walking around breastfeeding her, her youngest daughter telling everybody to relax. And I'm like, what the hell have I got myself into? And uh, I realized like, man, I had like a t- shitload of tension, you know, that, that, had, that had developed and, and the cortisol. ball. Like, I think that some of that stuff, especially for lower back and hip impingement issues is just like so amazing. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. So even just to get people, cause I felt the same way I did a class with her out in LA 
And it was like, I, I feel like I'm just being punched in the gut. Right. <laughs> so, and that's kind of one of my bigger missions is blending this CrossFit with this organ stuff because I want athletes to realize how much your liver movement can play into your ability to breathe. So your athletic performance, your shoulder overhead position, how much your intestines can affect your back. Um, I can't tell you how many patients I've had when we track for number one, get comfortable talking about your bowel movements. Number two, track them and realize like, hey, every time I deadlift when I'm, I haven't gone in a couple days, I'm constipated and I throw my back out. Mm. And it's like just being able to make those connections and um, just the, our organs are a missing link, I think, for a lot of performance and pain and um, even disease stuff. So. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, we're even seeing this not just via movement, but, but just like the gut health approach to looking at the microbiome, you know, and all the, I mean, I, I work with a functional medicine doctor and, you know, I just, I went through like a whole series of, uh, of blood work and stool samples and looking at food sensitivity stuff and, and getting everything back. And, and it's just so fascinating when you really look at the connection between that pain and the nervous system. I mean, it's yep. so, so strongly connected. Right. Uh, and, and for you, you know, that shift that you, that you've made, uh, in, in the office, like, what I think is interesting, and this is for a lot of providers in general, they start to realize I'm figuring some shit out. Like this is really awesome. And I'm in this one, one-on-one -on -one setting, but there's two ways to scale, right? You can scale to multiple employees that are doing the same thing. Or in your case, you know, you're in the beginning stages of the digital side of that and the creation of like an actual course where people will learn how to manage these, these uh, you know, you know, visceral issues themselves. So how has that process gone with you going from, you know, one-to-one -one in person to then trying to uh, take your intellectual property and systemize it out in a way where somebody could do this with, you know, minimal uh, direct contact? So again, I would be, and I had been in the past, I have tried, I don't think I told you this, but I've tried to make a couple online programs and they were just a disaster. So having, you know, that training and that organization and even just like through Jared's stuff, being able to process like who's the target audience. Yeah. Um, but it's so my colleague, Ashley Zimmerman, she's a pelvic floor PT. We actually went to Costa Rica together last year and we were just, we're always blown away with the little things that we teach our patients. Like, don't push to go to the bathroom. Um, sex shouldn't be painful, that kind of stuff. So we started thinking, you know, what are, what are some things that we can teach people digitally that will, it, it's probably not going to fix everything because it doesn't replace that manual work, but to give them a kickstart and to be able to reach more people that may never come into our clinic. Yeah. So that part has been really fun because we've thought about it for a long time. Um, so we're in week, we just sent out week three email of our beta tests and getting nice. some really good feedback. So that's cool. You know, and, and, uh, I think this would be really beneficial for people. If you can describe the process that you went through with what you try to do with a course before and then describe what you're doing now. Okay. So I actually, I, I dug the old course up recently just to yeah. like, did anybody buy it by the way? Anybody actually buy it? I had um, six, so it was an email campaign. That's how I set it mm. up. So I had okay. 
six people. Nice. So, um, it, do you know, I don't know if you know Emily Schramm. She does a bunch of... Um, uh, yeah, I knew that is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've done a bunch of work together and she kind of runs, she runs this very popular 21-day uh, challenge. So I was kind of structuring it um, based on what I had learned from her. And so, you know, it was just videos of me in a CrossFit gym where you can't really hear me. You can tell I have a low voice already. Um, no confidence in what I was presenting. I felt like, I know deep down, I felt like so many people are sharing this information. Why do they want to hear from me? Yeah. Um, and so you, like through this new program, it's a, it's a confidence because I've told so many patients and just had that moment of like, I can't believe that no one has told you this yet. Mm. And it's just the reality of not the fact that I know everything, but that there is um, a lack of this type of self-care education in our healthcare system. So um, yeah. a lot of the new stuff has just been confidence, um, plus taking a whole different direction with organs. Well, I think the other thing that <clears throat> it sounds like is different in terms of your approach is one, you built it, then you try to sell it. And the other one is you sold it, Yes. Now you're building it. So, so kind of describe that a little bit in terms of trying to sell a course that didn't ex didn't exist yet. It was um, so at the time I was still teaching mobility classes too. So I'm pretty sure most of the orders were pity orders. <laughs> they were kind of like I wasn't giving them anything they couldn't get and ask me in class. Right. Basically. Um, so yeah, being able to to, for lack of a better word, like test the waters with, with our community and um, being able to get that engagement and not put, we're still not even putting, we're putting effort, a lot of effort into what we're recording, but we know we're gonna re-record. So being able to kind of casually get the videos out and um, spend time on really engaging with the people to see what they want yeah. has been really helpful. So a lot less pressure. Yeah. You know, and the fact that you already, um, have people, you know, vote with their wallet and say like, yeah, I would, I will pay for this because I, you know, I've had plenty of course ideas where I, people are like, Oh, that's a great idea. You know? And, uh, <laughs> of course they're going to say that, that like, it's your friends and family, unless you, I mean, my wife will tell me straight up, like that's stupid, which is incredibly helpful. Uh, but most people will not tell you that. And you don't know if somebody's going to actually enjoy, you know, actually want to do it, want to put the work in or pay you for this, this outcome if they don't actually pay you for the course, right? So I see too often people go the course route and they're just like, this is going to change the world. And I know because I've done it and I wasted a lot of time and money putting together a course that two people bought. Uh, and I got like CrossFit CU like certification for it. Like I did all kinds of stuff and it was crap. Like, you know, uh, although I, I, I heard somebody once say like, if you're not uh, embarrassed by your first digital course, it took you too long. And, uh, I'm very embarrassed with the one that, that I had and I'm glad it doesn't exist anymore. But, um, but for yours, like the strategy, it's going to be really interesting to see. So, you know, you have, you have, how many weeks is it? Uh, six weeks. Okay. So you're, you're basically halfway through. Yep. And then, um, after that, what's, what's the plan that you guys have to, you know, get feedback, 
social proof, and then from there, timeline to roll it out again? Yeah, the biggest thing is going to be getting testimonials and hopefully video and written yeah. and just feedback like crazy on what they want to see more of, what was easy to implement. Um, it's an, a really interesting time to be launching something like this with everyone kind of stuck at home. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, there may be some people who didn't, weren't able to do as much as they could because their kids were at home or they were able to do more. Um, so we are planning to, at the end of six weeks, gather all the data, figure out what we need to update. What do we, we're doing, um, weekly Facebook lives in the group, um, kind of as questions, but also where we're finding that we're filling in extra information that yeah. next time we want to add in. Um, so that way we have record of what was going on in our brain. Um, so once we do that, we have someone who's going to film us and do videos together and that kind of stuff. And then we got to figure out, um, you know, all the marketing and sales. Market and sell. Yep. So it's always marketing and selling, right? And, and what I see too often is uh, in digital business, like people are just like, oh man, I'm going to create this course. And like all these people are going to buy it because it solves a problem. It's like, well... <laughs> If it, if honestly, if it was that simple, why wouldn't everybody have like a $20 ebook that thousands of people buy every single month? Like we would all do that. It's, it's not that straightforward because it, it's almost, it's, you gotta look at the trust factor. Like somebody coming into your office, they can see you, you can put your hands on them. Like they're going to a physical space in the digital sense. Like you have to really be able to build trust with people and that can be a challenging thing to do and that's where your marketing comes into uh, in, into play so you know for you guys the other thing you bring up and i think this is could help anybody that's thinking about putting a digital course together is when you're beta testing a group these live interactions you have with them that what they tell you and and their questions they have that's exactly what your 2.0 looks like it's amazing because like basically they're paying you to do research and development to make the product better the second time around, like what a sweet deal for you guys that is, you know? So have you guys, um, been screenshotting like, uh, you know, things that people are leaving positive comments of in the Facebook group and stuff like that? We, we honestly haven't had a ton of interaction in the Facebook group yet. Yeah. So, um, but we're, we're definitely keeping track of any like messages or emails or that kind of stuff. For sure. Um, so it'll, yeah, it'll be good to, to get all that feedback. Well, the social proof, I think, you know, it's just like anybody else. You trust the opinion of a stranger more than the professional. And, yeah. uh, and that's why it's so, it's so powerful, you know, and from there, then there's like, there's other, there's two other options too, right? So this is where we can go down the rabbit hole of marketing, of course. And for you, for you, it sounds like this is a big part of what you want to do going forward, right? Like, like how much, how much clinical care would you like to have? And like how much digital work would you like to have? You know, I really, I like being around the 18, 18 hours of patient care a week. Yeah. Um, and then hopefully, you know, still hiring another physical therapist and um, being able to spend more time on this online stuff. I already have a second. Um, so I would call the program we're working on more of like a service. And then this other one is going to be more of a product to expand on the ebook that I tried to sell at 20 dollars yeah. a pop and thought it was going to blow up. Um, but just being able to combine, combine um, essential oils, organ, 
that kind of stuff. So um, there's a lot of ways to look at it too, right? Because like if you get, if you get commission for the sale of, uh, you know, physical products, mm -hmm. uh, you can use a information product to help sell the physical product and the information product could be essentially free because you're getting commission on the physical product. Like th this is the, this is where the options of digital can be so endless where you start looking at affiliations with other people, maybe influencers that you already know, and, and they can start to make money off of a product that you've built out that you already tested, you know, that works, you have social proof, they're more willing to want to send their audience there. And they make money, you know, from that as well. So it's this whole idea of tr creation of traffic to your product through multiple channels. And some of those could be paid, some of those could be affiliates, some of those could be word of mouth, you know, and, and uh, it's exciting, because it's not Denver anymore. It's like, really anywhere that they have the internet and then you can help affect somebody, um, you know, in, in, in that manner. So, you know, for, for you, it's exciting, it's exciting to watch. Uh, what, what's the, like, what's the big vision you have for your company? Like, where do you want to be in like five years? You just teed it up perfectly because, so I have like being in the organ world and the organ movement world. Um, I've got a big Instagram following. I have patients drive from Wyoming to come see me because they can't really? near them does the organ work. So it's kind of this vision of, you know, the, there's a lot of people doing visceral manipulation, but I think what I want to convey is the ability to educate virtually and not, it's not replacing the hands-on work, but how can we get people to be aware that their organs are involved in the entire functioning of their body. Yeah. And start to be aware of that because Jill and I have geeked out on this before where you know our abdomen people disassociate from it. So they stop paying attention to it. Maybe they hate the way it looks or it's always in pain. Um, so being able to just kind of unlock that and re you know I've reconnected with um, other CrossFit gyms and be being able to present kind of this organs and athletes um, type education. And maybe this is like, once these digital project projects are done, maybe that'll end up being digital. Or I actually did it, did one of them at um, Synapse Strength, uh, oh, cool. Mills gym. Yeah, yeah. So like, so fun. And it was, um, you know, getting with my business, getting started with in the CrossFit world, it was really hard for me to let go of the squat workshop, the mm -hmm. overhead position, because I was like, I can help these people. But like being able to combine and do a liver mobilization with their overhead position and just, I don't, it's kind of fun to open people's eyes to that. And it's, it's super unique. You know, uh, there's not a lot of people that are talking about that with, you know, the athletic emphasis um, like you are, which I think is, what's so interesting about it. But, you know, to your point, you know, you have people drive in from Wyoming, you know, what percent of a change could you get from them remotely, you know, and, and maybe it's not a hundred percent, but is it, is it 90%? And, and, and I think sometimes too, like, you know, this is showing us if nothing else, this sort of, you know, social distancing that's, that's happened. Um, you know, if all you have is manual therapy, if that's the only skill that you have, like, uh, you're, it's, it's a bit exposed in, in terms of what if you get hurt? You know, what if you can't use your hands? Like, we you know, what if you can't see people because they're not allowed to come in You know, all these things. And 
the, the ability for us to be creative and help people without necessarily being hands, hands on may end up being an inevitable thing that everyone has to drive towards, right? Some of us maybe have gotten there a little faster, uh, you know, than, than others, but this is bringing it full circle all the way back to Kelly. Like the whole point of mobility wad originally was that every human being deserves right to understand how to perform basic human maintenance on themselves. Like it's, it is the, it's the whole rationale that it started for. And now we're starting to see, uh, education and being able to teach people these things, which is what you're working on uh, in particular, people see value in that, you know, and empowerment. I think like, what's the, what is it worth to be empowered to take care of yourself? Right? Like Amazing. super valuable. And, yeah. and what the pay it forward sort of effect from that, right? Like mm -hmm. your person you work with, they see their brother or something like that. And they're like, Hey, Thanksgiving, like come over here you know, and I show you this thing for your, for your visceral organs and, and they feel better. Like what's, what is the payback from that? So I think it's really cool what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. It's, um, you know, being before I met you guys and kind of joined the mastermind group, I kind of felt like I was alone cause there's not, there wasn't a lot of PTs doing what we wanted to do based yeah. on Kelly. Um, and a lot of that was, I just didn't know them, but it's, pretty cool to be able to virtually, even through telehealth right now, help um, patients who have only experienced that traditional PT clinic. Yeah. They're like, no one's ever taught me that I can roll on my glute and decompress my sciatic nerve myself. Right. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's yeah. cool to see where it's all going. Right. And I think the other thing too is like, you're either going to adapt and be better off for it, or you're going to be stubborn and be out of business. I mean, you know, and, and, uh, being adaptable, I think is incredibly, uh, incredibly important. And, and the world's a big place. The internet is, uh, easier to, to use to get in touch with people and teach people than it ever has. I mean, just look at us, like we're in different States and, uh, and having a, having a, you know, a zoom call conversation that we're going to turn into a podcast and share with people that will listen to it in like 80 different countries. You know, it's, it's crazy. The connectivity of, of what we have now and, and being able to help people in that way is good. I also think that the people that can figure these, these, um, elements of our, uh, you know, business niche out and be able to really effectively work with people remotely are going to be the ones that are going to see tremendous change in their business uh, over the next, you know, few years versus the people that I think that are really going to suffer from these current circumstances are, you know, high volume in network practices that are heavily, uh, elderly population as well, because they're the ones that are just like, no one's coming in, you know, no, no one's coming to see you. And they, they, in many cases haven't had the training or necessary, uh, or had the need to build the skill set to teach people remotely. Why would they, right? They just have this constant stream of people that are coming in. So I think that's who's going to have a, a serious learning curve. And I think where you're at and many people that are a little more progressive that we have a chance to work with, like you're in a really, really good spot, you know, even though whatever this is effect, there's a lot of bad stuff happening from this, but from your business standpoint, you're in a much better spot than many other uh, practices are. Well, and there's, um, you know, it's terrifying the unknown and where this is going to go, but like circling back to PT biz, had I not had that community, like I'd be doing PRN. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I wonder, you know, I, um, it's just as beneficial for us. It's funny. It's like, you know, we had, we feel a very strong sense of, uh, responsibility for what happens. So, mm -hmm you know, as much as this maybe affects our local practice, like, I, I, I mean, we, we love the people that work for us. Don't get me wrong, but like 
there's like 75 people that we have to be able to support and help and figure this out. And so for, for, for Eve and Jared and I, I mean, we're just like working overtime to try to problem solve and figure things out. And, and the Friday calls that we've been doing with people like sharing what's working, like that's been really cool. And, and, um, and you know, people are smart. And when you take that number of people and you give them an opportunity to openly say like, Hey, all right, what, what did you fail at? Like, let's not do that. Or, what's working for you? What have you found? Or like, what angle are you looking at this maybe different than somebody else? All of a sudden you have the combined efforts of 75 people versus just yourself in isolation and getting like probably more and more stressed about what is or isn't going to happen because you have no contact with other people that are trying to do the same thing as you, but in a different place. So, um, yeah, it's, it's not something that we thought was going to be a big benefit of it, but thank goodness that we do, you know, have that community because, it's crazy. And, and we'll, you know, it's, it's a bummer. We have to move our live event back because, you know, Kelly was going to be a keynote presenter. I think everybody was like looking forward to that, but eventually that will happen and we'll, we'll get that together. And, and uh, you know, our goal is everybody's going to be there that, you know, that no one loses their business during this time. Um, you know, and, and hopefully that, you know, we can achieve that. And I don't, I'm not worried about you one bit. You're going to, you're going to yeah. crush it. You're going to, you're going to come out of this in a better spot, right? Which is, should be the goal. Like how can you set yourself up for success in two, three months from now? versus where were you at before that? And, and I think your business timing is really interesting with this course you put together is like, perfect. no one ex I mean, expected this to happen, but it's a great time for you to do it. Yeah. And again, it's just having that, you know, you kind of, as a business owner, you kind of want to throw your hands up in the air, like, I don't know what to do, but then yeah. having everyone else not knowing what to do and then collaborating and yeah, it'll be um, cool to see how we move forward. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to be including a home televisit with every single patient moving forward. Cause it's oh, been wow. so cool to yeah. see, like to be with them when they lay in bed and fix their sleeping position. Oh, good point. Yeah. Cause you do a lot with that, right? Like, yeah. yeah sleeping position, sitting on the couch, like how can we modify that? And it just clicks better than talking about it in the clinic. So. Oh my gosh. What we need is like, a camera put in their house where we can watch them when they make bad decisions. Just yeah. like they're going to go to grab that like Oreo or be like, put it down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching. <laughs> true how do that? <laughs> <laughs> that not yet. Not yet. That's like some big brother stuff. But yeah. uh, Missy, this has been awesome. Um, obviously like you got some cool stuff going on. If people want to reach out and, and, uh, and or like check you out on social media or see, see what you're all about with your, your website, like, where can they go learn more about what you're doing? Yeah. So website is stayinvincible.com. And then I've got a lot of stuff on my Instagram, stay underscore invincible. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. awesome. Well guys, as always, you know, it's, it's fun to chat with Missy. She's got a cool story. I'm glad I get a chance to share it with everybody. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you definitely, it's been fun to watch your growth. We appreciate your amazing restaurant recommendations and helping us out with, uh, with the event in, uh, in, in Denver. I'm sure I'll be back out there to go snowboarding, hopefully next year. Uh, and uh, yeah, until then, you know, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And guys, as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll catch you next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, we are closing in on 200 views on iTunes. That's crazy. 
Most podcasts hardly get to 100 views, let alone 200. And this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on, so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. Next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me in it. That's at Danny Matei PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.